0: Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. See what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope
2: if you liked Locatora before you're gonna love season 9
1: subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to
2: Locatora radio as part of the Michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
3: hi everyone it's Katie Couric and yep George Georgia seems to be on everyone's mind these days, especially as it wraps up its manual recount of nearly five million ballots. On Friday, November 13th, when the recount began, several news outlets had declared Joe Biden the state's winner. Now, if that still holds when the recount is complete, Joe Biden will be the first Democratic presidential candidate to win Georgia since 1992. If that weren't enough, control of the Senate now hinges on two critical Georgia runoff elections, which will happen in January. At the center of this national political storm is Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger.
4: Hello. Good evening.
3: Hi. Brad and I had a chance to speak Monday evening. So listen and enjoy. What has it been like for you to be at the epicenter of national media attention? I mean, all eyes are on Georgia. Is that stressing you out, Brad?
4: No, but when you look at two years ago, when Stacey Abrams ran against Governor Kemp, he prevailed uh, with a 53,000 margin. And so Georgia is more competitive. I thought uh, as a Republican, it was going to go the other way. And right now it doesn't look like it's going to. Uh, I think some of that is um, Vice President Biden had a very robust absentee ballot campaign, and President Trump said, Don't vote absentee, come out and vote the day of the election. And only less than a million people showed up on election day. If the 1.3, 1.4 million people would have shown up, um, he would have just won big time in Georgia.
3: But why do you think he was so opposed to, in the midst of a national, global pandemic, in fact? to encourage his supporters to vote by mail. In retrospect, wasn't that a massive mistake and miscalculation?
4: Well, I think President Trump was looking at some of the other states where they just send out a live ballot, and, and how do you really identify those people? And that's what some people did. But in Georgia, we, had, we followed the law, and what that was is that you had to request uh, an absentee ballot. So uh, we have done that. We followed the state law. In fact. Over this year, because of some of the issues you could have with absentee ballot, we even strengthened the signature match. For the first time, we have photo ID. If you used our online portal, then it required photo ID and it connected uh, you seamlessly to your driver's license. So we knew it was you that was applying for the absentee ballot.
3: Were there other things for people who may not be familiar with how things are done in Georgia? Were there other things that you all put in place to assure the integrity of mail-in
4: ballots? Well, that was probably the number one thing is making sure we had signature match. We put the paper application signature match, you know, when the ballot came back and then with online portal. But then we also uh, made it more user-friendly from that standpoint. If you had an absentee ballot, we had an app called Ballot Track, so you could see where your ballot was in the process. And then we understood that wait times were one of the biggest issues. And we wanted to keep all options open. 16 days of early voting, day of election, and so we helped work on making sure you could securely and safely move through those lines during election day and we did that we had an average wait time on election day of two minutes
3: you know uh during the lead up to the election a lot of people were concerned uh people democrats were concerned that as a republican secretary of state you know they were on the lookout for any involvement in voter suppression now you are kind of uh, the target of your own party.
4: Well, we're the referee. And what our job is to make sure we walk that line of integrity because I elect- like integrity still matters. Uh, and it's up to the candidates to run their races. We have the laws in place, we enforce the laws. We want to make sure that we have secure voting. Uh, as soon as I uh, became elected to soon as office, we worked on passing a bill that outlawed ballot harvesting. That ballot harvesting to us, I don't think it's secure, it's wrong, and so we outlawed it. So we wanted to make sure that voters understood that. We also uh, made sure, as soon as I became Secretary of State, that we could join ERIC, which is the Electronic Registration Information Center. It's it's multi-state, about 30 plus states now are part of it. So if you live in Georgia move to Texas, Texas will let us know that you registered in Texas. What that does is allow us to begin the process of taking off the voter rolls. We want to make sure our voter rolls are clean.
3: Let's talk about the hand recount and the audit that you have ordered. Can you explain the recount process for us and if you expect this process to change the results in any significant way?
4: Well, what we're doing is a risk-limiting audit, and state law requires us to do a 90% minimum confidence level. That means we'd have to pull out 1.5 million ballots. If we did a 95% confidence level, that'd be two and a half million ballots. You start pulling that many ballots out of five million uh, randomly, you might as well just count all five million. So we decided to do that. But instead of scanning those through the machines again, we said, let's go ahead and count these by hand because some of these people are questioning, are these machines accurate? Did that QR code somehow change something? So everyone is looking at these ballots. Who did you want for president? Did you want Trump, Biden, or Joe Jergensen? Either one and it goes in three piles and then you count them by hand. And that's what we've done to secure it and make sure that you know exactly what it is. Now, do we have some changes? Well, today in Floyd County, what we found in the part of the audit process, there's about 2,500 ballots that were counted, but they were not uploaded properly at the county level. It was a poll worker mistake, not a machine mistake, but regardless, it appears that President Trump picked up about 800 votes. So now we'll add that to the total. But in some of these other counties, uh, it's not changed one vote at all. And so it's been very, very close other than this kind of, kind of poll worker error. But that's why you do an audit. That's why people audit books. That, they're looking for any mistakes because we want to give voters 100% confidence. We know half the people are not going to be pl- pleased with this result. And then the other half are going to be ecstatic. We get that. And I think I may be the one that's not happy with the results, but we're going to, at the end of the day, have 100% confidence.
3: And when will that audit be complete?
4: Uh, we've tasked them to be done by the 18th because we have to certify these election, this election on the 20th. Then if it is within a half percent, the candidate that has gotten the, the lower total can say, I would like a 100% recount. Then we'll grab up all those ballots and we'll run them through the scanners and we'll do the same thing again because that is their right and we'll follow state law.
3: And as far as you can tell to this point, Will it be within that percentage
4: point? Well, it is right now within that half percentage point. So the losing candidate could ask uh, for another total. When you have 5 million ballots. It's a 50,000 uh, vote delta. And so we'll be well within that margin.
3: OK. And do you expect the Trump campaign to ask for a full recount?
4: Oh, that is their decision. But uh, state law allows for it. And the state, uh, state will pay and fund that for all the counties to do that.
3: Trump supporter and an attorney that I happen to know named Lynn Wood has alleged in a federal lawsuit, which was filed Friday, that absentee ballot signature review procedures violate the U.S. Constitution. The lawsuit takes issue with the settlement this spring between you and the Democratic Party of Georgia, which required election workers to consult with two of their peers before rejecting absentee ballots because of possible mismatched signatures. And the suit alleges that change needed approval from the Georgia General Assembly. Wow, we're really getting into the weeds here. But can you give us your perspective on this lawsuit?
4: Uh, it's frivolous. It's not going to go anywhere. Because in the end of the day, uh, what we are, we kept signature match. And it really is, if you did not think it matched, then you could have another set of eyes look at it. But if the other set of eyes say it doesn't match, it doesn't match. And then you can have the opportunity to come down and cure your ballot. And and then you can say, no, my signature changed because I broke my arm. Whatever reason that is, but you have signature cure. And so uh, it's really not changing anything. And we kept signature match. You have to have signature match when you do your application, a paper application. And you also do signature match when you send the ballots in. So it's really there'll be three ballots on. Uh, or three signatures on file the original, when you registered, then the application, and then with the ballot. And so you look at all three, line them up, and see, is this the same person?
3: So you think Glenwood is barking up the wrong tree?
4: I don't know what tree he's barking up, but uh, I'm sure he's just earning a good lawyer's fee for, you know, filing a frivolous lawsuit, but it's not going to go anywhere. That dog won't hunt.
3: <laughs> As Dan Rather often said, uh, Senators Leffler and Purdue who are both candidates in the Senate runoff, released a statement accusing you of having failed the people of Georgia and asking you to step down immediately. What was your response to that?
4: Well, I, I told him I'm not going anywhere. And all I would really tell them is, you both are in competitive races and you best get at it. And uh, quit worrying about, you know, this election because you got a big runoff election. And as a Republican, you know, I want to see our Republicans prevail. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna walk that line of integrity and they're gonna win if they win honestly. And everyone's gonna know that they won uh, with an honest vote. And that's what I'm called to do as Secretary of State.
3: We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back.
0: Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher.
6: Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now back to my interview with Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Don't you feel like Secretary of State, if you're really overseeing elections, shouldn't it be a a nonpartisan position? It sounds nutty to me, like... I, and I, you know, whether it's Democrat or Republican, it's automatically going to feel um, not necessarily fair and impartial if we've got a Republican running things or if we have a Democrat one, running things. What? What? I mean, it sounds nutty to me.
0: Well, but
4: well, we have 159 counties. And I know that when we get some of our rural counties that voted 85% for President Trump, that those elected election directors may actually then also may have voted for President Trump. But then you get into the, some of the urban areas and it goes the other way. They may have voted for Vice President Biden. But at the end of the day, they set aside their partisan you know, leanings and they run the election. It's about process. And that's really what it gets down to is you run the process, you do the drill, and the results will be the results based on did the candidate get his people out? And so as long as we have personal integrity, it works.
3: Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I believe everyone you.
4: brings. The, everyone has partisanship and biases. And so at the end of the day, we set that aside and we follow what does the law say, what do the rules say? And that's what we do.
3: What did Lindsey Graham say to you, Secretary of yeah, State Rappensburger, when he called you on Friday?
4: I thought uh, when he called originally, it was really to talk about the two runoffs we have for the US Senate seats. Uh, since he's influential in that area. But he asked if the absentee ballots could be matched back to the envelope. So I explained how it works in Georgia that the signature is matched when you make your ballot application. And then the signature is matched again when the the ballot comes back. So there's two signature checks there. Uh, But once that happens, then the ballot is separated from the envelope and then you can't match them back. But then I felt that he implied that for us to audit the envelopes, and throw out ballots uh, of counties who had the highest frequency error of signatures, and I, you know, mentioned that that's not something we can do, and uh, that's really where we left it. I told him I talked to my general counsel, and we'd circle back, and there was no need to circle back because then President Trump put out his tweet uh, about something along those lines, and it just appeared that they were all really, you know, coordinating uh, their campaign, and subsequent to that. Uh, I understand there's a lawsuit in Michigan, really, along those lines. And uh, this attorney, Lynn Wood, has filed a lawsuit, uh, you know, about the absentee ballot process, uh, which we're going to defend.
3: Did you feel the Republican Party, Lindsey Graham in particular, was exerting undue pressure on you and actually trying to find a way to toss legally cast ballots out of the system?
4: Uh, uh, I don't know. It wasn't undue because I said no. So at the end of the day, we are following our process.
3: But the fact Uh, that he called you and asked you this, Brad, did you feel it was inappropriate?
4: Yeah, I did. And that's why I didn't call him back. Uh, I talked to counsel uh, and we just kind of moved off. Uh, Fortunately, I had a couple of my staff members on the call because I noticed I understand everything that we do will be put under a microscope. And at the end of the day, no matter how this election falls, I want voters to have confidence in the accuracy of the election. And as a Republican, I know I'm going to probably be disappointed that something's not going to happen during this audit because as the numbers come in, it's just really substantiating that the vote was accurately counted on the election night.
3: And, and that Joe job, Biden is
4: the winner? That's how it appears right now. We had in Floyd County, they never uh, took out the memory stick in one of the machines used for early voting, and that added about 2,600. Uh, votes, which gave President Trump 800 more. But when you're when you're short 14,000 votes, it doesn't get you there. Maybe there's another county that also did something dumb. And uh, and we'll, we take them out to the woodshed later, but right now we're just working on our process of buttoning it up. But I don't think that'll get them where they need to be.
3: Senator Graham had a different recollection of your conversation. He said that if you found it threatening, you, quote, have a problem. What's your response?
4: Uh, well, uh, I just have a, had a different impression. And I guess I just really want to make sure that I mind all my P's, all my Q's, so that we can run this election, you know, right down, you know, the center line, you know, with integrity. And so that both sides know this is how the results came out. I understand, I've been saying this for six months, Katie, that half the people will be happy, half the people will be sad. In 2016, the other half was very, very sad and they didn't admit that, <laughs> how did President Trump win? Well, now it's gonna be my side saying, how did that happen? And and I get that, but in Georgia, people won't be able to question results. There's 49 other states and all the secretaries of state over there can do run their elections. My job is Georgia and that's what I'm focused in. So my Georgians have confidence.
3: Senator Graham also insists that he called you on his own accord and it wasn't okay. prompted by the Trump campaign. Do you believe him?
4: Uh, I'll take him at his word. Um, I know he's a Republican, and so am I, and uh, he may have been just concerned. And so who am I? I don't know what was in his mind and all that. That's that's just me guessing. I just de- like to deal with facts. I'm an engineer, and if I deal with facts as Secretary of State, that's going to be a whole lot better at the end of the day when we talk to our voters and talk to both sides of the aisle.
3: Democrats have called for an ethics investigation looking into this. Do you think they're justified?
4: Well, that's Washington politics, and I'm gonna tend to what we do here in Georgia. Uh, I love Georgia, and uh, this is where my home is, and Secretary of State is where my focus is.
3: We'll be back with Brad Raffensperger right after this.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher.
3: You've been heralded as a nonpartisan leader throughout all of this. Knowing what you know now, Brad, when you think back to Brian Kemp's 2018 run for governor, should he have been running while serving as secretary of state and overseeing the election process?
4: Well, when I run for re-election, I'm not gonna resign for those few months as I run. So I'll still, I'll be in office, and that has typically happened. People throw out those charges but i hope that what they'll see at the end of the day that i will not be putting my thumb on the scales so when i run for re-election if i lose i'll lose honestly and i'll take my loss you know and i'll suck it up and i'll move on and if i win and it'll be what it is
3: but my point is should brian kemp have run for governor while simultaneously serving as Secretary of State and overseeing his own election. Doesn't that seem like a conflict of interest?
4: It, it sounds like it is one, but there's, you know, really the, the elections are run at the county level. It's 159 counties that are running these elections. What they're doing is we, we have oversight, but then they report those numbers up. Uh, you can't get in your, Georgia's too big to get in your car and drive to all 159 counties and start stuffing ballots. So uh, it was a fair, honest election and Stacey Abrams needs to get over it she lost and she lost barely. And and that wasn't helpful then. And it wouldn't be helpful now for people to question what the results are actually are in Georgia.
3: Having said that, you do credit her with bringing out voters and increasing turnout significantly in your state.
4: She did uh, two years ago. It's just that Governor Kemp turned out more. Uh, This year, if you look at what happened, uh, her team and herself, they turned out voters. Uh, In fact, uh, Senator Perdue had 14,500 more votes in the metro region than President Trump did. And so there's a model going forward that Republicans need to have a message that resonates with more people throughout the entire state of Georgia.
3: And urban areas in particular.
4: Yeah. And I think that uh, bit by bit, we can make inroads there. I think that as we diversify and make our party really the, the party of achievement and opportunity, we can do that. I go back to Ronald Reagan days, he was my hero, and I think he had a great message.
3: You have been called the most hated man in the Republican Party, and it's actually serious because you and your wife have have been receiving death threats. Um, are you frustrated that your party can't take the partisanship out of the process?
4: I'm really uh, disappointed that uh, we have people uh, from our side of the aisle that would send my wife death threats. Uh, you know, you like to always think that we're if, if we're gonna do cops and robbers, you know, you know, or we're we're playing uh, the Wild West show. We're the guys with the white cowboy hats, and the other ones, you know, the other side's the one with the black cowboy hats. And when and Democrats would do the same with us, right? Verse. And uh, when your own team, you know, you realize that you got people uh, desperados with the with the black hats. It's disappointing. I like I thought we were above that, but obviously we're not. And that's that's what uh, is disappointing. We need to realize that the election results have been accurately counted it's 159 counties and it really just shows you where we are as a as a state the problem is when you live in your bubble of an 85% trump you know district you don't understand how it happens but districts change over time and that's why we need to make sure that we always you know build on our message and make sure that we're reaching out to voters
3: before we go it seems to me that one thing americans probably agree on is that there probably need to be some reform, some, some, I know it's state by state. And even if Georgia is going doing a good job, when you look at the big picture, Brad, what reforms would you institute to make, make voting easier and, and, and more accessible for all Americans?
4: I think uh, for us, Georgia already, we have 16 days of early voting. We have election day voting and we have no excuse to absentee voting. But I think that we really need to look at the guardrails for absentee so you don't have these questions, so you really can be certain. When we added that portal with photo ID, it really gives people confidence. You, If you're using it, they're really checking that it is me. That's a good thing. But other other people, let's know that you're using it. And then I think also uh, being able to join what well, I talked about, Eric. So when you move to different states, we can update the voter rolls with objective measures. When we just take people off without those objective measures, it seems very subjective and that's what creates distrust. So if we keep it more fact-based, objective-based, I think that's a good thing. I'm an engineer, so I think that way. I think at the end of the day, maybe we need to get some more engineers as secretaries of state and less politicians.
3: And what about like claims that dead people are voting or people are getting multiple ballots? when you hear those anecdotally, I think it sometimes undermines trust in the system. Are there measures and guardrails, as you would say, in place that even if that happens, those votes are not necessarily counted?
4: Well, when the Republicans had the state house for two years and Doug Collins did nothing, the one thing he should have done, because we've hit uh, you know, headwinds with federal laws, but they don't let us update the voter rolls 90 days out. But here's why it's so important. With 7.6 million registered voters in Georgia, and nationwide statistics say 11% move every year, that means that 800,000 Georgians are moving every year. Half could be moving within the state, within the county, but the other half could be moving to other states. 90 days out, that's 200,000 people that have moved in 90 days. It's, it's an awesome number. Like, think, you know, we're so mobile. But if you can't update it, how do you keep up with your list? That You could be off by up to 100,000 if half of those are moved out of state. And so those are things that need to be addressed, that you have accurate roles, so people aren't voting in two different states, and then also making sure we uh, keep up with the um, death records and other situations. And that's why ERIC is, is very objective. It's Democrat, Republican states, so it's multi-state. It was really headed up by a fellow named David Becker. You should get him on uh, sometime. He's with the Center of Election Innovation and Research, and he's done a really good job helping bring in both sides together, to form ERIC, because it's like Ronald Reagan said, trust, but verify. And so sometimes there's not that trust, so we have to verify. And I think that's a good thing.
3: And ERIC, again, stands for?
4: Electronic Registration Information Center. And there's a website called ericstates.org.
3: All right. Well, Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, thank you very, very much for talking with us. Thanks, Katie. Really appreciate it. Good luck with everything, Brad. Thanks. Turnout is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric and Courtney Litz, supervising producers Lauren Hansen, associate producers Derek Clements, Eliza Costas, and Emily Pento. Editing by Derek Clements and Lauren Hansen. Mixing by Derek Clements. Our researcher is Gabriel loser And special thanks to my right-hand woman, Adriana Fazio. You can follow me in all my election coverage at Katie Couric. Meanwhile, yes, I'm Katie Couric. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time.